Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of What is Life Storytime with X. I'm your host, Christina Lucille, but you can call me X. I briefly wanted to apologize for the hiatus that I took. I went on my honeymoon, and then when I got back, I unfortunately got covid And then I started my new job. So lo and behold, here we are. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about growing up Wiccan. Yes, you heard me correctly. (laughs) Growing up Wiccan. I actually had recorded this podcast and scrapped it because I was honestly too afraid of the questions, comments, backlash that I might get. And the reason why was because this is a topic of my life that has caused me so much strain because of how not understanding people are of the religion. So I scrapped it, but you know what? There have been a couple of things that I have witnessed signs from above that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to record it and people could either accept me for who I am or they won't. So the earliest I can remember, um, my mom used to work at this place called Spellbound and there was a sister store called Raven's Flight. Um, That is the earliest that I remember um, us becoming Wiccan or growing up Wiccan. Um, I actually did was raised Catholic. My family is Catholic. Um, We were raised in this Catholic church that is very well known in East LA and I don't have really great experiences at church. My grandpa used to take me to church all the time and I can probably argue that I might have ADHD um, because my whole life I am just not a person to sit still. I always have a flight of ideas and a ton of things going on and sometimes I just can't focus. Um, So when my grandpa would take me to church, I could not sit still. I was always moving around, fidgeting and like looking annoyingly at the person behind me and as like a three, four year old, I just didn't know why we were there and I was bored so he would always yell at me and say like calm down in Spanish and I just hated going to church because of that reason but um like I said as early as four years old is the earliest memory I have of my mom um practicing witchcraft Uh, we call it pagan but nobody really knows what that is so I just call it wiccan because I feel like it's more widely acceptable and known But the reason why I was scared to tell this story is because of the negative experiences that I had growing up, people of other religions just not being understanding. Um, I remember my mom used to have me wear this pentagram. It's a symbol of protection, at least for us it was. And my dad, whenever I would go over to his house, he'd be like, man, take that shit off. And he would like make me give it to him and then he'd give it back to me before he would take me back to my mom's house. So not only that, when I was in elementary school, I would wear my pentagram to school and kids, not all kids, like I said, I don't want to say I was necessarily bullied, but some kids who didn't really know who I was would always like look at my necklace and like point up two fingers and like make a cross sign, like an X on me and like walk away. They didn't want to sit with me. So it has just caused a lot of strain in the past, especially in like friendships or relationships. I dated a guy in the past whose mother was Christian, but his sister was Wiccan. So like his mom totally knew what the religion was. And I don't know why she was accepting of her daughter, but when it came to me, she didn't like that. 
and she was always telling him like oh you're gonna she's gonna put spells on you or she's gonna curse you and one thing that I find kind of funny is one thing we really strongly believe in is karma and I was always taught that if you're going to do a spell whatever you put out in the universe it will come back to you times three so knowing that it's like it's kind of it's very discouraged to curse somebody like why would i waste my bad karma juju on you like what makes you think that you are so special in my life that i'm going to curse you and then inadvertently get it back times three to myself so that's always kind of a funny thing that i always thought of so unlike other religions there's no bible or like a quran or there's like no designated book of like what all the rules are i think every witch has like their own book of shadows of like spells and things that they participate or use but i don't think there's actually like designated rules like there are things like tarot cards or runes or like moon magic um one thing that i do know is some people believe in white magic black magic or gray magic which is like kind of a mixture of both we considered ourselves um we practiced striga um and we were white witches so what that means is like we don't do curses or anything like that we focus more on healing and cleansing and i kind of find it a little funny that like that's what our religion was healing and cleansing and then i ended up becoming a nurse that focuses on healing <laughs> so i find that a little funny um so when I, we were when I was a kid, I guess, I used to actually go to this Wiccan camp. So the owner of the Spellbound or Raven's Flight, I believe it was them, they actually used to host this thing called Pacific Circle. And it was a Wiccan camp that we would go to every single summer. And it was so much fun. I think I went six years um, in a row up until I became a teenager. And basically it was just a bunch of witches who gathered and camped out for the weekend and they used to do like tarot card reading, sell wands, like do cooking classes. Like I remember us um, doing a class where they gave us a wooden spoon and we got to like carve with wood, the woodcarver um, things on it, special things. And they would just do different rituals and drumming circles. And like I found that pretty cool until I started in my teenage years where it just got a lot harder to manage. And I actually had my high school sweetheart was, I dated him from when I was 14 to 18. He was very, very Christian. And his goal was to try to get me to convert to Christianity. And he always told me like, if you um, marry me, like we're going to raise our kids in the church. And I was like, no, I, I don't believe that. Like, I don't feel like I was really given a choice of what religion to follow. I said, and I don't like the hypocrisy of it. Like, to me, witchcraft has always been a very open religion, a very loving and accepting religion. We focus on nature and spirituality and being positive. And I always felt like not every Christian or every Catholic, but the little bit that I did know of those religions, like, oh, you can't be gay and be christian like i never understood stuff like that i know not all christians believe that but like i never understood that like hypocrisy and stuff like that and i just couldn't believe like 
I feel like a lot of people put words in God's mouth like, oh, it's written in the Bible, so God won't love you if you're gay. Like, I don't believe in that. Like, I, I don't, I feel like I believe in a very loving God. And I just don't believe with everything that people have told me in the past. I mean, I can't sit here and say, oh, I don't believe in the Bible because it says this, because I personally have never read the Bible. And I've actually did want to at some point, I think I will in the near future, pick up a Bible just so I can read it myself. That way when other people kind of speak to me about the Bible and like what is in it, I have more of a better understanding of like where they're coming from. I also feel like people interpret the Bible many, many, many different ways. So growing up, I had a love-hate relationship with the fact that I was raised Wiccan. And the reason why was because of the negative connotation and like negative attitudes that people would give me when I would say that I was raised Wiccan. People always assume that because I'm Hispanic Mexican that I'm automatically like Catholic. Um, and that's just certainly not the case. <laughs> um, as you've listened to my podcast, you know I've grown up very, very different than most people. And so when I was growing up, I loved being Wiccan. I thought it was fun. Like I loved going to the rituals. I loved going to the camp. But then when I started hitting high school years and it started causing me problems in my relationships and every single time I started dating someone new, if I had to disclose this to them, I had to wonder like, are they still going to want to date me? Are they going to think it's weird? Are they going to be accepting of it? And one thing I will say, like, I absolutely love my mother-in-law. Like, I'm so lucky to have married the person that I did and, like, have the family, the in-law family that I have because, you know, a lot of other people that I have dated, their parents have always been super skeptical of the fact that I was Wiccan if they found out I was. And one time um, I was really sad because I didn't have Halloween off. And my mother-in-law was like, well, can't you just tell your job that it's a religious holiday and that you need to have it off? And I like almost wanted to hug her and like kiss her because I was like, thank you for not being judgmental and for like being understanding and like willing and open to like listening to my feelings instead of like being like those other people who think I'm a devil worshiper and who like just want think I should be hung for my religion. There was a point in my life where I did decide, you know what, I think I'm going to be agnostic. Like this is just too much for me to handle. And I, when I turned 18 in college, I took an anthropology class that was magic, witchcraft, and religion. And I kind of just wanted to see what else was out there. I wanted to, you know, pick and choose for myself what my beliefs were. And we talked a lot about Greek mythology. The class was actually not what I was hoping for. I guess I was hoping to find a religion that would suit me and fit me. Like I said, I would I claimed to be agnostic for a while because I always believed there was a higher power. Like I've seen too many miracles and too many signs of the supernatural that made me feel like, okay, there I don't I'm not atheist. Like I know there's something out there. Like I don't know what God is right, whether it's like Buddha or Jesus or, you know, God, like who is correct or whether there's many gods. So I took this class in hopes to learn more about other religions. I remember in one of my classes, I learned about like Hinduism and, you know, Nirvana and Buddhism and how peaceful it was. And I just, I don't know, I did not get out of the class what I wanted. And a lot of times, I don't want to say I was ashamed to tell people I was Wiccan, but I was really afraid 
to tell people it was Wiccan because the moment you say, oh, I'm a witch, people automatically think the negative. People automatically think you worship the devil and you do bad things. And like, that's just not at all what it is. Since I didn't feel like I grasped everything that paganism or being Wiccan was, um, and there's many different forms of witchcraft. People believe in many different uh, gods and goddesses out there. I actually picked up a book called Italian Witchcraft by Raven Gramassi, I think. I read part of the book just to kind of get a better knowledge. I've always felt like I had a magical spiritual power. And quite frankly, and funny, like every witch has their own special talent. Like whether you can see dead people or spirits or whether you're a medium or you can see the future I think my special gift that I was given is the power of healing and intuition I've always I don't want to say I've been able to predict the future but like I've always had these little inkling gut feelings like I remember when my high school sweetheart cheated on me I already knew before he even told me the moment he said can I come to your house I need to talk to you about something I already knew in my gut he cheated on me and I knew who it was and there was kind of no signs that this would have happened it was a really crazy story if you haven't listened to that dating podcast episode but I don't know like there's always things like that that growing up in my life has been happened to me like oh what a coincidence you know like is are these all coincidences or is there a little bit of magic in me and I feel also like there have been several times where I was given a patient at work and doctors would tell me like, okay, do the best you can, but like, unfortunately, I think the patient's going to die. And I would be adamant like, no, 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 this patient's not going to die. I'm going to make sure they don't die. And they didn't die. Or there'd be nurses who would tell me like, okay, see you tomorrow. Good luck. And when they come back to the next day on their shift, they'd be shocked. Like, oh my God, the patient's still alive. How'd you do it? And I'd be so annoyed. Like, are you shocked that I, are you questioning my skill level that I kept him alive? Or are you genuinely like, wow, she did a great job. You know, like what is this backhanded compliment that you're giving me? So I do have a funny story um, that I had an encounter with, with one of my CNAs. So I'm getting this patient and I read the doctor's notes before I admit this person from the ER and this doctor that is admitting this patient is Indian. And the ICU doctor um, who's going to oversee the patient is also Indian. And so I'm reading in the notes that this patient had basically a traumatic brain injury years ago and has been in a persistent vegetative sen- uh, state since. They're coming in for a certain problem. There's basically no quality of life, but... He specifically stated, I know this family very well. They are of a culture and religion that I am very familiar with, that I participate in, and they don't believe in comfort care. So I read this as the ICU doctor, who's one of my favorite doctors, who I worked really, really hard to have a really good relationship with, is standing behind me, and they're actually brother-in-law's. So I'm like, 
what religion is this? And like to my knowledge, I know Indian people who are Christian, Hindu, and some Buddhists. So I'm like, hmm, what religion? The only religion that I know of that won't do comfort care is Orthodox Jew because I had an Orthodox Jewish patient once and apparently they had to get permission from the rabbi. The rabbi had to come to the hospital, look at the patient, and they were able to decide whether it was um, the right thing to do to remove this patient off life support. So I'm sitting there confused and so I'm like, what religion is this? And when the patient came up, they are not Indian. Like I was thinking stereotyping like because that was my bad, like I shouldn't have done that. But I was assuming because the doctor had written in his note that he was of the same culture and religion that he knew really well, I assumed it was the same religion. So I turn around, I'm asking the ICU doctor, that's like one of my good friends. I'm like, what religion are you? And he just looked at me and he's like, I respect all religions, but he wouldn't tell me what religion he was. And I was like, oh, okay. So my CNA is sitting next to me and she's not one that I work with all the time. She's floating to our unit. And she goes, why, Christina, what are you? Aren't you Catholic? And I look at her and he's still standing behind me. Mind you, I have a really good relationship with this person. And I didn't want to lie to her, but at the same time, I was really scared, like, what if I say what religion I am and he has a new perspective of me or he's, like, now afraid of me because that's what a lot of people jump to. Like, oh my god, I'm scared of that person. Don't talk to that person. So I was, she's like, aren't you Catholic? And I said, no. And she's like, what are you? And I just, I kind of tried to ignore it, but she kept staring at me like, what are you? And he's still standing behind me. And I was like, and she's like, well, what is your mom? isn't she Catholic? And I was like, no, she's a witch. And she's like, Christina, stop it. And I'm like, what? And she's like, stop it. And I was like, what? My mom's a witch. And she's like, oh my God, Christina, just stop. And I'm like, I'm confused at this point. Me and the doctor are looking at each other. We're like, I I don't get it. And she goes, I'm sure your mom raised you the best she could. And then I start laughing because I'm like, oh my God, she thinks that I'm dissing my mom. Like she doesn't realize I'm trying to tell her that my mom is wicked, that she's a witch. She thinks that I'm calling my mom a witch, thinking like she's rude or like evil. And so I start laughing. I pull up a picture of my mom, this beautiful photo that I have of my mom. She's in a cloak. She's on her horse. And I show it to her and I'm like, no, she's a witch. She's wicked. She's a bruja. Like, I don't know how else to spell it out for you. And she reacted exactly the way I expect people to act, the way people have always acted. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God, she's really a witch. And she's like, are you scared? And I just start laughing. I'm like, no, I'm not scared. Why would I be scared? Like I grew up with this, but I'm like, this is exactly why I don't tell people. So the doctor kind of just laughed. He shook his head and he walked away. And I was like, oh god oh god like please god please don't don't make him think differently of me like that is my biggest fear is that i'm gonna lose relationships like i have in the past because people just don't understand
One thing that I will absolutely say is that I do make it a point to respect all religions. I actually find culture and religion very, very interesting. Like, I think it's really cool. I believe it's the Buddhist. Um, it could be Hindu. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, uh, I believe it's Buddhist, though, that they believe in reincarnation until you cease to nirvana. And I remember reading that a lot of people that's hard to handle because nirvana means you cease to exist and if that's the case like that is really scary for some people so like a lot of people believe in reincarnation some people believe in the afterlife and some people don't and I just love culture like I love one of my favorite classes that I took was nursing uh, cultural competency because I just find it so fascinating how people around the world think i mean i think religion can be very scary i do like how religion gives you a good set of morals but i also find that the extreme religion is very very dangerous um especially when it comes to being discriminatory or negative or murdering people just because they don't believe in what you believe in so as i said saying that i'm Wiccan is very hard sometimes for me, especially um, my biggest fear is when patients or their families ask me. The reason why, and I guess the proper response would be like, you know, I really can't discuss that at work, but I feel like that's blowing somebody off. But I always, I find prayer very important. I work with the most amazing chaplains. I actually, even if the patient is not religious, I always ask them, would you like to speak to one of our chaplains? All the chaplains that I work with at work are so amazing and they are there just to support the patient even if they're not religious or the family. There's a lot of unfortunate death on my unit because sometimes we put people in comfort care and it's a really hard decision to make and I think having that support is awesome. And I, even though I might not be the religion of my patient, every single time a patient wants to pray or the family wants to pray or like we have a priest or a father come in and do the last um rites which i guess is the anointment of the sick i always participate i think prayer is so important i think faith gives people good hope the only thing i don't like is when it gives people false hope i've seen way too many miracles to sit here and say i don't believe in god i definitely believe in god which god is correct i don't know um but i th believe that i have seen too many times so many miracles that you that just blow your mind to deny god like there is a god out there there has to be and one of my fears is that i go above and beyond as a nurse to establish a relationship with my patient i really do whatever I can to make sure that they get the best care and sometimes you know you get attached and you meet these families and you're taking care of these patients for months and recently I had a patient's family who was very very Christian and he asked me like do you go to church and I said no and he was like oh you know you should and I was like oh please don't ask me what I am please don't ask me what I am and he's like you know there's a church out here my son just found like you should really think about going there like they're very friendly blah blah and I was like oh okay yeah yeah my biggest fear is like if I tell a patient I'm Wiccan 
how will that change? Will they, that relationship that I establish, like even though they love me as a nurse, would they accept me once they know that? Will they refuse to have me? Will they kick me out of their room? Will they be like, get out, I want a different nurse? Or will they think, oh my God, she's a witch, she's going to hurt me, I don't want her? Like, unfortunately, that's the negativity that I have experienced in my life. So it makes me sad that I'm like, I can't openly say when people ask what I am. So I guess (laughs) just saying no or trying to avoid the subject is like the best thing to do because you shouldn't discuss it in the workplace anyway. But I'm like, why is it fair for other people to, oh, are you, and I find it funny because when we admit patients, there's a long list of religions and being pagan or being Wiccan is definitely not on that list. I'm going to now talk about um, the signs that I have seen that make made me want to change my mind and made me want to discuss this but before I go there I just want to brush up quickly when I worked at Starbucks I actually met a lot of Wiccan people I don't know what it is about Starbucks that draws Wiccan people but like I met like four or five Wiccan people at Starbucks and I find it kind of funny because like you rarely come across it especially people who are open to talk about it But one of the boys that I actually ended up working with, I thought it was so funny because we were talking and he was telling me how his husband like speaks to spirits and like was a medium and like might get his own TV show. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, when I was younger, like I used to go to this Wiccan camp and he looked at me and he's like, are you kidding me? Like, what was it called? And I was like Pacific Circle. And he was like, I did too. And then we ended up finding out that like he is the little brother of a girl who I used to play with and I remember her specifically because of her name and she used to sing all the time. So we actually used to play together but we just didn't remember each other and it had been years since we had been to the Wiccan camp. So I thought it was so funny and like every time him and I was at work together and people were rude to us, something crazy would always happen. Like two stories that I have is we would call it Wiccan baby karma it was so funny like one time we were on the bar and I think somebody was yelling at us and this shot glass he was on one bar I was on the other this shot glass that was sitting on top of the bar literally tipped over cracked mid-air and then exploded all over the floor and we looked at each other like that was the weirdest thing because it didn't hit anything it literally was there it tipped over on its own and it burst. Like, it didn't even fall and then burst. It burst midair. And we were like, what the hell? Another story that was kind of funny was this woman came up. She was screaming at us. He was, like, on the register. And I think I was, like, getting the pastries for him. And this woman just starts screaming at us. She pulls her wallet out. And the wallet literally exploded. Like, everything fell out. The zipper broke. The the clutch part broke. And we were just like what the hell and the funny part was she was like oh my god I can't believe that just happened like what the hell and she's like well, I guess that's what I get for being a bitch and we were like looking at each other laughing because we were like hey man you said it not us <laughs> but like yeah weird things used to always happen when we worked together and it was crazy it was like things that we just couldn't explain so yeah that was Wiccan baby karma <laughs> so I've spoken about miracles that I have seen so many patients that were expected to die that like didn't end up dying and one story in particular that I have that I keep near and dear to my heart is about my grandpa so my grandpa was the love of my life uh he was 
my best friend and I would talk to him I would go see him once a week and we would take selfies and take pictures and we always had the funniest stories my grandpa was not the nicest person to other people but him and I had such a great relationship he would make fun of other people he was not nice he was mean he would always cuss other people out try to hit and punch his nurses and CNAs like he was just not a friendly person but in turn it made me like be more patient with old people while I'm at work because I'm like that's how my grandpa was crazy um but my grandpa was known for loving candy like I remember one time I went to go visit him and this man just pulls out a cookie and I'm talking about unwrapped cookies out of his pocket and goes do you want one and I'm like what the fuck like where's the napkin like where where's the wrapper like how do you just keep cookies in your pocket like that's disgusting but he loved sweets and another thing he loved was almond joys he loved almond joys for Halloween once my mom took me trick-or-treating she bought a, a cauldron of candy left them there a majority of them were almond joys and when we came back my mom was like why didn't you pass out the candy? And he, in Spanish, said, Este no es una pinche dulcería. Basically, this isn't a fucking candy store, is what he said. And when we looked in the trash can, all the Almond Joys wrappers were, like, in there because he ate them all. So we knew he really loved Almond Joys. Another thing he was known for was painting stuff. My grandpa always painted things blue. And his hair, he always dyed his hair black, but he didn't dye it black with hair dye. He dyed it black with Kiwi shoe polish, the shoe polishes that police officers use to like shine their boots. So his like pillowcases were always black. I don't, I, I really just don't understand this man. It's really funny. But anyway, when he died, um, a couple days later, I actually went shopping at CVS and I'm waiting in line. And you know how they always have like the reach-in kiosks that you, they try to sell you things right before you're about to go to the register. I look over and in an empty box, an empty Almond Joy box was one single Kiwi shoe polish. And I was like, what the heck? That is crazy. Like that has to be a sign from him. It has to be a sign from God that he's like thinking of me. So I definitely do believe that there is signs and stuff out there. So what changed my mind about making this podcast and actually talking about being Wiccan growing up is that I had watched this amazing documentary recently. I had this patient and then I had this unfortunate experience that ended up in an eye-opening moment. So let's talk about the first one. I had a patient who they were deciding they were going to make comfort care. But I felt personally, that intuition again, that they, this family jumped the gun. I ended up stabilizing the patient the next day. The night nurse, you know, her and I, tag team, kept her stable. And the patient was lucid, calm, collected the next day. Totally a completely different person than the person we thought that was going to die. But one thing that the night nurse said to me that was scary was that she was looking up the patient was looking up in the sky and she was talking to somebody and so she called the family because she thought she was confused because you can have icu delirium that is a thing and so um she called the family and the family said oh she's asking for her son but the son had died a year ago and so one thing that kind of frightened me about that was that 
there's something called a surge. Some patients will recover, they'll seem in good spirits, and it's kind of like their goodbye, and they'll die the next day. And the fact that she's starting to like hallucinate or actually really see ghosts and she's talking into the sky, we were like, "Uh uh-oh, is this it? Like, is she surging? Is she being better and she's seeing these ghosts? So like, did this ghost come to pick her up? Like, did this ghost come to tell her that it's time to go? And so the next day, the son comes and I told him, I said, you know, she's doing very well, but I'm just afraid because she said that she was asking, the night nurse said that she was asking for her dead son. And he said, yeah, 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 I know. She said that he promised her he would come visit her in the hospital. So she was waiting for him. And I was like, oh, okay. So she talked to ghosts. Like he promised her this? And she was, he was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So was it like a dream? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So she wasn't hallucinating, hallucinating. Like she's not losing it. Like she's not seeing the sun. He's not here to pick her up. And he's like, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I was like, that's so crazy. That's so crazy that it was something that they spoke about openly. The next thing that made me change my mind about talking about this is that um, I was watching the documentary on Disney Plus called The Rescue. And in turn, when I was talking about it, because I could not stop talking about it at work, one of the nurses told me that there is a movie on the documentary called 13 Lives. And if you don't know what it is, basically, I think a year or two ago, actually, no, it was in 2018. In 2018, there was 13 uh, soccer players, 12 soccer players and their coach who went missing in a cave in Thailand. And then there was a monsoon, so the cave flooded. These people had no idea if these kids were alive. So these British men, people from Australia, China, like all over the world came to help these, the country to find these 13 boys and they didn't even know if they were alive. So there is this really highly sought after religious leader. I believe they're Buddhist. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I believe they're Buddhist. And there was a story a story of a princess who ran away with her, this like stable boy, and they ended up killing uh, the king or something, ended up sending people to go kill him. And when the princess saw his dead body, she killed herself. So her like hair became the lake or the river or something like that. So it was stated that they believe that the religious leader that is now there is the princess's like father reincarnated so in the documentary they talk about how he comes down he blesses he prays with them he blesses he blesses these like 13 bracelets and he warns them that there are gonna be two sacrifices that the boys will come out that they're alive the boys will come out in uh, a few days but there will be two sacrifices so they end up finding the boys on like day 10. These two British scuba divers go down there. They record them. They find them. They're alive. They're shocked, right? Like even even in the, cam- in the camera, like you can see, he says like, believe, believe. But he's telling himself to believe because he couldn't believe that he was seeing these boys alive. And so unfortunately, a couple days later, one of the Navy SEALs, who's a highly trained like di- uh, diver who actually had retired he came back specifically to volunteer to find these boys unfortunately he lost his life Um, unfortunately he ended up drowning in the cave and one of the 
cave divers was a doctor and he had left his family and I guess the day before he left, um, he went to go see his dad in, I don't know if he was in the hospital or in a nursing home, but the day they rescued the boys, the day they got all of them out, he called his wife so excited to tell her that they found the boys, they're all alive, the mission went well, and she just starts bursting into tears because she's like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but like your father died. And I was like, whoa, this is so crazy. Like, what a crazy coincidence that, you know, what that spiritual leader said was true. The last story I'm going to tell that changed my mind actually is about me. So I am a nurse practitioner. I um, went to school when I was like two and a half years into my career. I got so much shit for it. Um, But the reason why I was comfortable doing it was because of the fact that by the time I graduated, I was going to have six years in. So that's where I'm at right now. I've been a nurse six years. And I got really lucky. I took a job that was 101 miles away from my home. I got really, really lucky that I got my dream job um, in my dream position. I'm working trauma surgery, which is exactly what I wanted to do. And unfortunately, the nursing community can be very toxic sometimes. So I had asked on this nurse practitioner group, like, hey, I'm starting my first MP job. I'm in trauma surgery. I'm just wondering like if you guys have any suggestions on accessories or like what to pack in my bag. These people don't know where I work. They don't know how far I work. So I'm packing a bag for a reason because I still have a nursing job and I um, wanted to make sure that I didn't like, I didn't want to take like my stethoscope out of one job, take it to the other and then like forget to take it back, right? So I have a locker at my RN job. So that has my nursing stuff in it. I did not want to take that out. So I bought secondary stuff. So I was just like, I love nursing accessories. Like I have a clipboard I can't live without, multicolored pins I can't live without. So I was literally just asking for suggestions. Well, unfortunately, somebody commented, who the fuck is starting a new grad NP in the STICU? I'm I'm assuming she means surgical trauma ICU. That's what I want to know. Regardless, have your stethoscope, trauma shears, snacks, water, pen light, ultrasound gel, bonus for butterfly IQ, and a notebook ready. Make sure you know your ATLS algorithms and Marino's little ICU book review. You need to know your medicine. Good luck. I was a little disheartened when I read this and I was really like pissed and I kind of wanted to like write back and be a bitch, but I decided not to. So (laughs) I was like, you know what? So many nurse practitioners responded to this person. Like I started in trauma ICU. Like what's the problem? Like we actually have better luck with new grads than we do with people who we hire from outside facilities. I can kind of see that because you can like mold somebody to be who you want. So I just didn't respond because I'm like, you know what? It's not worth my energy to try to explain to this random Joe Schmo on the internet why I'm qualified. Like why couldn't you be like, wow, damn, they hired you as a new grad part-time? Like, wow what is on your resume to make them want to do that? You know, like, why can't you be positive? I don't know. But anyway, I get to orientation this morning and I see that I am the youngest provider in the room. I'm also the only new grad nurse practitioner in the room. And so I'm sitting there and the speakers are coming up and one of the speakers starts telling us the history of the hospital. I 
I can't really go into detail, so it kind of sucks because the details are what makes this story so special to me. But basically, there in 1905, there was a woman, last name is White, who said she had, this is a very Christian facility, by the way. Sorry, my cat's been whining. Um, there's, and she said that she had a vision from God that stated where they were supposed to build this hospital and like this school and how they were going to train doctors and how they were going to do God's work. And it was basically a picture of like mountains and this wide open field of like crops and stuff like that. So she had found this place and said like, this is where it's going to be. But unfortunately, they only trained like six doctors and they only had like two patients. So they branched out between Palm Springs and Los Angeles. They were like, we're in the middle. We can go either way. Let's make a hospital in Los Angeles. So they build this hospital in Los Angeles. Mind you, my workplace, the people that hired me is not actually the hospital that I'm supposed to be working at. So I'm randomly in this faculty group that happens to be stationed in this one particular area where this woman had this vision. So the hospital in Los Angeles they built it they worked there they trained there but they were like you know what this isn't gonna work we need to bring the practice back to where miss white envisioned this originally we have to bring it back to this area and a lot of the doctors were like there's no way i'm not moving from los angeles to this particular city heck no so they pieced out they quit and they ended up selling the hospital and they moved back. And he's like, the hospital name is White Memorial. And I literally like looked up, had chills down my spine because I was like, wait a minute, White Memorial? That's where I was born. Like that is so insane to me. Like you don't know how much judgment and criticism I got for one, being young, two, becoming a nurse practitioner so early into my career. But I was like, wow, I really feel like this is a sign from God like what a freaking coincidence that the hospital I'm actually working at where I precepted is not who hired me it's actually this other facility that's in the middle of nowhere and their backstory is of a woman who thinks sees this vision of what this hospital what this medical facility what this medical school is supposed to look like and be like and yet of all places The first hospital they built is in Los Angeles. And of all the hospitals in Los Angeles, it happened to be the one that I was born at. And it just made me feel like this is where God wants me to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. Even though I'm a new grad, even though I'm a new nurse practitioner, even though people are criticizing me for being young, for going to school way too soon, I worked really hard to get to where I am. I've dedicated my life to helping people and becoming the best nurse and now nurse practitioner that I can be. And I think that was just like a crazy coincidence and another sign from God that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be in life. So where I'm currently at in my religious journey is I don't really know what I am. Like I sometimes claim to be agnostic because of the fact that I am not a practicing witch. Like, I did grow up Wiccan, but I'm not actively practicing. Like, I don't do rituals, I don't cast spells, I don't do any of that. But when people ask, I'm more inclined to say I'm Wiccan because of the fact that that's what I grew up. But I don't really 
know so much about the religion and other aspects like ask me about a solstice girl I don't know (laughs) like I haven't done that stuff in years but being agnostic like I don't know like there is just I do feel like there is so much more out there that we haven't explored yet but it makes me really sad to know that when I do and this is the hard part about me claiming a religion that everybody thinks they know or everyone thinks to be devil worship is that it puts me at risk for people judging me people being discriminative people not understanding and people unfortunately ending our relationship whether it's friendship work relationship or any or dating relationships in the past so i don't know um i don't hide it anymore i'm not if someone asks i just say i this is who i am and either you can love me or accept me if you know me personally you know that i'm very loving open caring like i just am a positive person and if me being wiccan is going to change your whole perspective on me to a negative connotation then sucks for that person but anyway thank you guys so much for listening i hope i can make you smile next week when we talk about I think next week we are going to talk about success and how do you measure success. So anyway, don't forget to leave a like, a comment, a review, share the podcast, and see you next week. Thank you for listening. Bye!